Welcome to Creative Income, a podcast that focuses on making a living in the creative space. Whether you're an actor, filmmaker, musician, painter, or anything that doesn't fit the nine to five mold, there is value for you here. I'm Lars Lindstrom. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Lars Lindstrom here, Creative Income. Thanks for coming back. Did you share my cat? I just had a cat that uh, just shook her fur for some reason right uh, by the microphone. So if you heard a little flurry, that was my cat, Cleo. I am completely displaced right now (laughs) in my life. (laughs) We just moved um, into a home in Glendora and uh, California, Southern California. And we're like kind of remodeling things as we go. So there's no room for my office yet. We have to move my daughter's room upstairs, and before we can do that, we have to new new carpet, and we're painting it, and then we turn that room into the guest room, and then the room that's now the guest room becomes the office. So there's a lot of shuffling, and right now I'm actually sitting in my TV room with my cats. There we go. There's a little insight into my life. There you go. So, uh, how are we doing? I'm feeling pretty good, besides being completely displaced. Um, got lots of meetings coming up, uh, lots of potential shoots, lots of films in the works, um, potentially my own film in the work. So, uh, things are, things are good and I'm excited about life. Um, sometimes, you know, you go through the highs and the lows and, and there were some lows this week for sure. You know, just kind of feeling a little bit sad here and there, but, uh, I got, you know, good friends, good family and people respond to texts. (laughs) Thank goodness. So things are good, man. Um, what else? Podcast is doing well. Lots of shares like that. Lots of reviews like that. Uh, we have 29 five-star reviews. There's not a single review under five stars on iTunes, which means either I've got friends that are really generous or um, it's a good podcast. And I and I kind of hope that uh, it's both. It's both, man. I love you guys. Thank you so much for being here. But real quickly, I just wanted to uh, announce that this week's episode um, of Creative Income with Lars Lindstrom is brought to you by absolutely nobody but me. This is me. I do all the work. I take the time out of my week to do this. And all I ask in return is for you to talk about it with your friends. Send someone a text message and reach out to your creative friends and uh, post on Instagram or social media, Facebook. I'll take anything. I'm not on Twitter, but I'll take a tweet. I'd love one. Let's do it, man. Uh, Okay, back to this week's program. Uh, Let's jump into it. This is a great week. This is an episode I've been wanting to do since I actually started the podcast. Um, I met uh, both Taylor and Kyle Dean on separate films and then found out they were married, of course, and wonderful people and incredibly successful human beings and uh, not only talented actors. There are some golden gems in this episode, so stay tuned. You're going to enjoy it. Taylor and Kyle Dean, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate your time. You guys are incredible, and I'm sure you're super busy. So let's just jump right in. Would you mind uh, just telling me who you are and what you do? Yeah, my name is Taylor Fry, and I am an actor. Sometimes I consider myself a former actor, but I'm still doing a thing here or there. And uh, I'm also the CEO and founder of a company called Elevate. And I am Taylor's husband. My name is Kyle Dean Massey. I'm, I've also had a, a decently long acting career, and I am the head of our surrogacy program at our company called Elevate. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys. So I know you both as performers, and that's that's kind of how I met you both. And, and I didn't realize you had this the, the surrogacy uh, company until after I knew you as incredibly talented uh, actors and performers. 
Um, can we talk to me about a little bit the chicken and the egg? What came first? Was it were you performers first and met and fell in love and started this company? Or kind of talk to me about the your beginnings. Well, we were definitely we we met doing Broadway shows across the street from each other. Uh, and long story short, we ended up getting married a few days or a few years later. Definitely not days. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and then there was a period of time we had just moved to Long Island City so we could get a view of the skyline. And we were making decent money on Broadway, just enough to get an apartment upgrade and move out of Midtown West, um, get a little bit more space. And it, 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 it was such a difference in light and energy in this new apartment, as cheesy as that sounds. And I could see New York City skyline every night. We were just across the river. And I just remember sitting there for the first time in my life, realizing that I had all day at home. And, you know, before when you're auditioning for Broadway or film, it's, you know, you do your self tapes, you go to your auditions, but then the next most important thing other than class is the gym. But once you check those off, I just realized I had all this time. So I remember thinking, what else can I do to supplement my income? What else am I passionate about? I cannot put all my eggs in the, in the industry. It doesn't always have my back. And that's when Elevate began. Were you making good money in the industry as a, as a performer on Broadway? Not like Kyle. Mine was hit or miss. I would do like, you know, it, what was frustrating about my career is I'd have films go to the Venice Film Festival. I'd get an incredible review and variety. I went to Tribeca Film Festival. I would do a great film a year, get in it too, but still struggle to pay my bills. So I'd pick mm. up writing gigs. I would bartend. I would do whatever I needed to do to make ends meet. Kyle was usually in some sort of a hit on Broadway as a lead or on Nashville. So luckily he was making great income, but that didn't make me feel fantastic about myself. I wanted to be an equal partner and I wanted to contribute. Yeah. So at this point, were you married already when you were, you were kind of discovering you had all this time at home? We were. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, uh, so, so you're, do you remember about what your income was, uh, with combined income with uh, Kyle Dean on Broadway and, and you doing your, your movies a year? Mm, gosh. I mean, it varied so much, but I would say, um, like most years, it was probably around $200,000 and maybe like on our best years, uh, it was probably around 300, 350 at the most, at the highest. Gotcha. As performers. Yeah, as performers. And uh, so, again, large part that's because of Kyle Dean or him going to Korea and doing Jekyll and Hyde and getting paid a shit ton. Sure. But that's yeah. not, that's like not like a, lo a low amount of money. You know, that's, I mean, you're in New York, so it doesn't go as far, but that's like, I, in my mind, you made it, you know what I mean? It's like, you guys are, are killing it. You're making, you know, well into the six figures, six, $300,000. Like yeah, at what we point did. Do you I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. But we, we did, we had a nice life. Like Taylor said, we had a nice apartment, we had a nice car, we had a, a vacation house. Like nothing was extravagant. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially in New York and a $200,000 salary is about making $50,000 a year in Arkansas where I grew up. You know what I mean? Like right. yeah. it doesn't quite go as far there, but I would say we had a comfortable life and we got to travel and things like that. But, um, I think one thing that Taylor kind of was, was leaning out was, um, at least for me specifically, a lot of my roles on Broadway were playing these younger ingenue guys. And I turned 40 years old this year and I did feel like things were starting to slow down as far as like my bread and butter on Broadway was mm. concerned. Do you know what I mean? Like those roles that I was really perfect for, I was kind of aging out of, or just didn't even want to play anymore. Yeah. You know? So I think, um, and, and the lifespan of a Broadway performer, like say what you will, it 
there is a time in your life where where you can really make a decent amount of money doing that. Uh, but the majority of roles that are doing eight shows a week, I mean, they, it is geared toward younger people for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, can you t- have any advice on, on uh, performers starting out, maybe young actors that are, are looking at doing either films or Broadway? Uh, what advice do you have for them? Talk to us about the hustle. I, I don't know. That, that's a really hard question to answer. I guess the hustle was, I did struggle for, for quite a while. You know I mean? Like when I first moved to New York, I was working off Broadway and off Broadway salary is like below unemployment most of the time, you know, <laughs> by the yeah. time you pay your union dues and your agent, your manager, or whatever. I mean, like it is truly like pennies. Um, so you have to live pretty lean to be able to, to do it. But I guess my advice was I did live lean rather than get like a, a side job or something like that. I really just devoted my entire life to trying to get better and auditioning every day. I don't know um, though. I, even after my first Broadway show, I remember thinking I had enough in my pocket. My first Broadway show had closed early. It only ran for three months and I had, I had a very modest apartment in Queens for my first few years living there. And I was bartending to make it work. Um, but after Broadway, I thought like, Oh, well, I've made it now. It's going to be fine. And the second one will come. And luckily the second one did come, but there was that space between. And I remember going up to a hot dog cart on my way home and reaching in my pocket and thinking I had enough in there because I truly had nothing left in my bank account. Oh. Um, I was truly the guy spending my rent money on bottle service once I made it on Broadway, thinking the show was going to run. <laughs> um, so I went up to the car and I didn't have enough for the hot dog. And I remember being on the phone with my brother and he's like, what just happened? I'm like, I can't afford a hot dog. So my advice jumping in there would be make sure you have something else going on to to support the time when you are not going to be on stage or on set. Yeah, and what does that look like? What does that look like? I mean, I think that looks different for everybody. But again, like with all these hours in in a day, I, I totally believe in being a passionate actor and giving your all to the craft. Um, but there's other hours in the day to, to start something else, to get something else cooking on the side that generates income for you so you can be more free in the room. So it's that audition is does not have to feel so pressurized about being able to make your check or ask your parents for money, um, whatever that means for people. And I think what's been interesting about COVID is all these quote unquote pivots. You know, this is something I did six years ago was this pivot because not because of a pandemic, just because of a one of an increased lifestyle. And going back to what you said about this seems like an ample amount of money by any measure you are completely correct. And we did have a little cute ski chalet in the Poconos and a nice Ford Explorer, uh, or was it an escape? We loved escape. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, and I don't, you know, for someone who lived in Brazil for two years in the true ghettos and had trouble finding food at times as a Mormon missionary, cause they don't give you enough funds. That's another conversation. Um, sure is. you know, I'm very aware of what a privileged life we were living and yet, yeah. not to be greedy, there were so many people living much better than we were. And that was inspiring yeah. to me. If there is more available to not to have money or be greedy, but to be able to afford experiences, which is what I believe money is good for with people you love, why not go after that? Yeah. I think you, the key word there that I, that I take from that sentence is that uh, it was inspiring. So I think there's a, a lot of people that see money as you know, a bad thing, right? capitalists the root of all evil it's whatever but it's like mm-hmm. it i i find it also inspiring when i when i meet someone that is has more or is more successful or is making more money it's like i don't it's not i'm not in an envious position i'm inspired 
Right. And, and I think that that's like, that's pivotal. That's absolutely key. So talk to me about then. So you, you're performing, you've got this extra time. Uh, what do you do with that extra time? And talk to me about how you built a business. Well, Kyle and I had just gone through IVF. We had spent actually a large part of our savings to create embryos. Um, that was our path to becoming parents, something we've always wanted to do. And we're so grateful for modern medicine, not just for gay couples, but for straight couples who struggle to conceive as well. Mm -hmm. um, and have half the equation, have half the genetics still if you do want a biological child. So we did the process and it was it was terrible. I don't know a better word to describe it. The program we used was absolute trash, took a lot of our money, lacked transparency, lost a donor, and on and on and on. I remember sitting there one day thinking, I might be able to do this better. I literally, I'll never forget the day. I don't think Kyle will either. I, I woke up out of bed and I looked out the window and it was a very bright day. And we had just gotten bad news the day before. And I looked at Kyle and I said, I think we can do this. I think I can do this better. Um, <laughs> and I looked so, at you, Taylor, and I said, yes, you can. I like yeah. immediately thought you're, you actually could, like, it, it was really strange. Like, I, I, I don't know. I just had 100% faith in you in that moment. I just had a different, I had a vision and it was, it became very clear. It, it was almost as if like the spirit had knocked the wind out of me and been like, you, you, you should do this. So I got up that morning, I made coffee and I made a Squarespace website which is, this is not mm -hmm. an ad, obviously, but I just started. <laughs> it could be Squarespace, you listening? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> started with a website and I just did a little bit every, every day, a little bit every day I'd work on it. I would learn the legal aspects. I'd learn the medical aspects. I'd start making calls to physicians, uh, started getting some ad dollars. It just was a slow burn. And then about, I'd say about nine to 10 months later, I had my first official match. I was helping my first couple go through IVF. How did you know to do this? Was it just pure inspiration? Was it like, talk to me about the motivation behind it? Because a lot of people just go, they have ideas, right? I've got ideas, mm -hmm. but I, I never have the, the gusto to implement them. So, so what made you special? You know, I mean, I can jump in here. I think one of sure. the things that Taylor mentioned, you know, we were going through the process and as a same-sex male couple, I, I think one of the things that initially put us off was that the space seemed so geared toward heterosexual people. Every company, every tagline, um, even the, the legal contracts that we had to sign, it said like intended father and intended mother. One mm -hmm. of us had to sign on the intended mother line. And when you're paying that much money to, to go through this process, I thought someone should be doing this better. So I think that was one thing kind of that was lingering in Taylor's mind. Um, but one thing that he's also been really good at that he may not tell you himself is that Taylor is kind of just a dreamer in general, I would say. And mm -hmm. he's good at just starting something. Whereas <laughs> like for me, sometimes I get so cerebral about it. I'm kind of like, let's think about all the ways that this would fail. Or yes. let's think about all the ways that this would be really difficult to implement. But as he mentioned, he just woke up and started started somewhere. And I do think that was half the battle was just starting because as he mentioned it took us 10 months to like basically go to market you know um mm -hmm. the, the the legal infrastructure you know finding the donors um the fda and compliance and all the that's asrm compliance all these kinds of things we had to learn about and meet and it certainly didn't happen overnight but it did happen eventually and it was really because he just woke up and decided to start 
Right. So I think there's, I always say there's two types of creatives in the world. There's 95 percenters and 100 percenters. The difference is the 100 percenters take twice as long to get that extra 5%. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and so I'm curious, it sounds, to me, it sounds like Taylor might be a 95 percenter and I'm a 95 percenter. So don't take that uh, the wrong way, unless you don't like me, in which case you can. Um, and in Kyle Dean, it sounds like you might be more of a 100 percenter. And so totally. I, you're probably the perfect couple to be tackling something like this because it sounds like Taylor and I'm completely interjecting here, but um, got the business just kind of like scrappy up and running, just like bare bones, Squarespace, and maybe Kyle Dean, did you come in and finesse some of the details? Uh, absolutely. That's exactly what happened. I, <laughs> I have this vision. I know the aesthetic. I know the relationship building side of this, and I know how to get people on board for whatever my goal is. And then from there, I have to learn to delegate, and I have to hire the proper assistants to build the infrastructure and the legal side. And I'll say Kyle Dean came in and did all of the details that I and logistics that I was just mind blown by. And, you know, Kyle won't say this about himself, I guess, but he is an incredibly innovative human being and he found efficiencies that I would not have found. So it, it is the perfect team. And let me tell you, I would say year one, there was days that like we just had different thoughts about how this should go as we saw it becoming so incredibly successful. And it felt so pressurized that we definitely had arguments, but we have found a streamlined way of working here um, that makes us a truly a great partnership. Kyle Dean, what are your thoughts on the matter? Uh, I, I agree with Taylor. It's funny thinking back, Taylor. We did have a lot of disagreements at first, didn't we? I've, I've actually, yeah, I've actually forgotten about that. Well, the funny thing is Kyle was still like a little hesitant about jumping into the business with both feet. Cause he's like, I'm an actor. This is how I identify. Like, um, and then it's, mm. I, for, from my perspective, it started growing and growing. And then he's like, all right, I need to get into this. I need to be co-founder now. How do we make this work? <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, true. So I was doing mainly behind the scenes things, you know, Taylor, this was kind of Taylor's baby. And, um, there were so many things, like one thing that comes to mind Taylor is for me is like, what's our policy manual? I just remember like you whipped it out in about 15 minutes and I, I think I took it and I took about three weeks with it after that, <laughs> but it was, but that's what we needed to do to like actually get our, our retainers built and all of our legal agreements done and stuff like that. And so I think there was some back and forth there, obviously, um, and it was really strange too, because as actors, you know, you're kind of your own business separately. Like you yeah. really do kind of focus on yourself. It really is yourself. And then here we were all of a sudden doing something together that was ultimately Taylor's idea. And then I had a lot of thoughts about it, you know, which is funny. Yeah. I've, I've actually, I haven't even thought about that in a long time. Um, Cause obviously things are very different now, but initially, yeah, it was, it was tricky. Yeah. So, so what is that, uh, what's that like? What does that look like having a business as a, as a married couple and, and, uh, what does that do with the relationship? I, I love it. I mean, you know, I think the tricky aspect is we are together all day, every day, every minute of the day. So you really mm -hmm. got to like your partner, but I have such respect for Kyle Dean as a businessman and I, I learn from him every day. Um, we are so different and hopefully he learns from, from my strengths as well. And again, just creating a great partnership has made this doable. Now, what's been tricky during the pandemic is we are in like the same room. So even during consults or whatnot, we kind of have to split off and we don't have a proper office in our home right now. So one goes into to the bedroom, but I would say it's gone pretty damn well. And I'm, I'm very proud of us uh, for how we handle it and keep our marriage also intact. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm proud of you guys too. 
Um, <laughs> are you still performing? I mean, I know it's Broadway's kind of a bust right now, but uh, and Kyle Zane, I think weren't you on Broadway until the pandemic hit? I was, yeah, I was. We, um, I mean, we shut down. I guess I don't, I don't know when people would be listening to this, but um, it, it almost exactly a year ago today is when everything yeah. kind of shut down, and I just got in a car and drove back to California with our two dogs. So mm-hmm. I was, yeah, I was doing a show, um, but. So how, how are you able to, I mean, I know things are a little bit different now, but, uh, how are you able to run a very successful business? And it is successful now, but uh, we can talk about that in a minute, but, um, how are you able to run that business and also continue the stringent hours of performing? You know what? It, it comes down to like on your, you take a lunch and you do the self tape. I've got one due today and I hope it gets done. (laughs) If I'd be (laughs) lying, if I say it hasn't taken a a pretty severe backseat and, you know, I hope that doesn't get out there to any great directors who may be listening to this. Um, but, you know, you pour your heart and soul into the acting industry. And once in a while, it gives you a pat on the back or, or a good little gig. But every second we put into Elevate, the return is tenfold and so gratifying and satisfying. I never thought I'd say that about anything that wasn't a performing job. But um, I think our minds have just changed drastically about what's important for our future and our own lives. And we still love it. And we, we do bust out the self-tapes here and there, but it becomes increasingly difficult to get excited about a project that would take us away from the company or take us to Toronto or, you know, you name it. it it's tricky. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious a little bit, Do is Elevate for you now like a means to be able to have more time to perform or is it kind of, the the reverse are you are you focusing your times now more on on elevate because you're passionate about it and it's a great income generator gosh it's a great question i mean i think it's kind of both i will say that having our company it allows us to do the acting jobs that we really want to do because i think there is this this thing um any when you love something, right? Like, I mean, I, we got into being performers because we loved it, not because we thought we were going to become rich doing it and especially not yeah. doing musicals. Yeah. Um, but the minute you start getting paid for anything, it does become a job and, um, and something changes there. It, it, it does, it, it does remove, I think some of the joy from it. And so mm-hmm. I will say that having a completely separate source of income that is not performing it actually does allow me to enjoy doing it so much more. I don't feel like I'm doing it to make ends meet. I don't become resentful of it. Um, I just enjoy it because it's like, here I am doing something that I love. So, um, but to answer your question, I think it's a little, yeah, to be a little more specific, I think, I, I do think that Elevate is not means to an end for performing. I think they are very separate entities and I, our minds have changed. Um, it is, it feels equally as creative to run this business. I will say that. And that has yeah. been a surprise. We are, we feel very, very creative artistry doing this every day and creating innovations and aesthetics and marketing and relationship building. Um, it's not acting, no, but it has, have, has this income also provided a way for me to get my own scripts produced and, you know, hopefully do shoots and indie films down the road 100%. I think what Elevate has offered us is freedom. And by any measure, that's a positive thing for a life. And I did not feel free in the entertainment industry um, 
I almost felt prisoner to it just because I did not make enough. But that's what I had studied and that's what I put my heart and soul to. So it has definitely been a freeing experience, which I think has changed us as human beings for the better for the arts and whenever we decide to do that and just as human beings. That's incredible. Yeah. Gosh, I, Kyle Dean, I, I love, I love what you hearing you talk about that you enjoy, you enjoy being creative again, you know, and it's like, and I completely agree with that. Like once you take the financial aspects, like that financial pressure away, like I, I have to do this because I have to have a paycheck to pay my mortgage, to pay my car payment, to do whatever. It's like, once you take that away, you are free to just enjoy the experience. And, uh, and I think that that's absolutely brilliant. Let's talk about the business a little bit, um, Elevate. So, so how is it structured? How do you make your money, uh, employees? Um, talk to me about uh, a little bit about how that creative process has happened. Essentially, um, clients come to us who need help conceiving and they either need a donor or an egg donor or a surrogate or a sperm donor. So we act as a third party liaison who connects the parties together, this group of humans. It does take a small village to have a child through IVF. So we work with some of the best clinics in the nation. We will connect the client to the clinic. We will find them a donor who they're excited about. Um, we'll connect them with a surrogate who they trust to carry the child. And of course, they pay us a fee to manage that and bring those humans together. That's a really, really brief summary of, of, of what we do. Um, you know, we manage it from start to finish until the baby is here. And uh, sometimes that requires managing a lot of anxiety in the clients as well. And luckily, we've hired nine of the best people on the planet who are well-versed in IVF to join our company and who have all been a donor, a surrogate, or an intended parent through this process. So our team is pretty, pretty amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. So what makes you, I mean, there's lots of surrogacy companies in the United States. And so what makes you elevated or different than them? I, gosh, there, there are a lot of different ways I think that differentiate us from the, from the assisted reproduction space. I think first and foremost, what Taylor uh, was setting out to do was to present donor options that were uh, elevated for lack of a better word, that were just, a um, that, that someone like us could look at and be like, we're really, really excited to choose this person as a donor and help create our family. Um, Taylor, we always say, you know, any woman who wants to become a donor is a generous one, but sometimes like you, there's a spark, you know, it, it's, it's hard to put your finger on it, but sometimes you're like, this gets me excited about moving forward. And we just felt like there was a serious lack in different agencies. It could have been the way they presented it, the way they case manage things. Mm-hmm. Um, but we set out to, to really comb the world to find the best donors for people. And we have, I mean, we have the most incredible women who are Elevate egg donors. They're located all over the globe. We work with clinics all over the globe. Um, and so we're able to kind of widen that pool, you know, whereas like some, some clinics may use donors from one specific geographic area, it just limits, limits kind of your options. So that's first and foremost, what we've done. Um, secondly, as Taylor mentioned, our staff has all had a, a connection to IVF and the assisted reproduction process, which I think has been very important. And we're also an agency that's run by and owned by gay men, which is very different. Um, most agencies out there is are out there are about like angel wings and butterfly wings and you know <laughs> loving mother's arms and things like that, which is great, but can be off-putting to a huge sector of the people who do need donors, which are um, gay men. So yeah, that's, those are a few things that make us different. Uh, and the business is doing well, I assume. 
The business is doing very well. We just had our biggest quarter yet. And then um, in 28 days in February, we had our biggest month and it was a short month. So I think we remain super grateful. And I, I, I always made fun of this phrase and now I'm using it. Um, it's, it's, a, it's very humbling in a bizarre and weird way. I, it's <laughs> so neat to see these families become completed and get the photos of the children and see these human lives change so drastically by parenthood. And to be a small part of that is, is pretty incredible. Um, I, am, I think, you know, when you reach a certain level of success as a businessman, you know, your worry starts, goes from how do I get this off the ground to how do I maintain this, um, mm -hmm. this beast, this, this machine that is now uh, going full force. And, and what does that answer look like? Like, how do you, what, what do you foresee for the future? Is it going to be hands-on until you die? Or is it going to be, is there some sort of transition where you can, now that you've built this incredible machine, are you able to offload some of the stress on other people, maybe hire another CEO? What does that look like for the future? You know, we are, we were, we've had multiple offers, you know, for someone to, to purchase the company as an acquisition or a merger. Um, we've been through quite a few of them at this point which feels like an honor. It's also exhausting to go through those deals. <laughs> um, but we, we do love it. I, I feel like Kyle and I will always be a part of the IVF industry for, for, for many years to come. At the capacity that we're going right now, probably not. I mean, it's, it's a 24-hour it's a job. Kyle, any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think we, we have hired wonderful employees. Um, you know, we started out just as an egg donor agency and then we added surrogacy and then we've added frozen eggs and then we added fresh frozen eggs and we're adding sperm donate. So, I mean, it keeps, we just keep adding kind of to the overall company. And luckily we've, we have been able to hire great people. Taylor was initially just the director of the egg donor program, which now we have a, a separate employee and uh, who is the head of the egg donor program and runs that separately. So, I think that that idea of eliminating key man risk is always on the forefront of our minds because we don't want to feel like the company's value is just with us at the helm. We'd love to be able to step back a little bit because as Taylor mentioned, we do work long days and it would be nice to, <laughs> to not have to work such long days at this point, but we do love it. So that's the up, upside. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about, uh, so you're right now you're killing it right now. You're making really great money, I assume. Um, what are you doing to ensure that you hold on to that money? Are you invested at all in stocks? Are you invested in real estate? Talk to me about some of your other streams of income that you're trying to generate. So we, you know, I'm not a stock market guy. I, I'm, I'm trying to learn and educate myself about it. Uh, I don't know enough. I don't know that I trust it enough at the moment. I, I know people have killed it there, but what we do know is real estate. So we were, we have um, purchased a few vacation homes and we have turned them into full-time vacation rentals. So our most recent was a cabin in Milford, Pennsylvania. And we made it an Instagram idyllic little charming place that a Hallmark movie could be shot at. Um, possibly. Oh, well, yeah, hey. I know a guy. True. <laughs> His name's <laughs> Lars. Um, but, you know, what's so crazy is that place is just killing it. It's killing it on the rental income. Like, we put it up. I know that part of this podcast is the specifics of numbers, but... You know, in three months, we had $65,000 on the books on a cabin that was not an expensive purchase. We did have to go out there and spend it. In three months, you're making, so you're making $22,000 a month on this cabin. Yeah. yeah. It's, 
Yeah, this cabin is absolutely killing, killing it. And we did yeah. have to go out <laughs> right. and renovate it and fix up some bathrooms. We spent about two months out there while we were working. Um, but in terms of holding on uh-huh. to our funds and creating a passive income lifestyle, that's that's kind of our game plan at the moment. We've got a, a Palm Springs place as well. Um, but that was so much more expensive that while it rents at a good price, not nearly as good of an investment as, um, as Milford. But Palm Springs was also a lifestyle enhancer as well. Yes. Now, now I do, you, you mentioned, you kind of breezed right over it, but uh, I know this because I follow you both on Instagram, but you too, personally, with your crazy long hours, went to Milford and you renovated that cabin yourselves. Why did you do that? <laughs> you guys are making so much money with Elevate and your time is, I'm sure, pretty uh, well spent on, on your business. What made you guys decide that you could renovate this cabin oh, this and put this thing together. Why don't you just hire somebody? This makes for me it? laugh so hard. I, this is a great question. I'm going to let Kyle answer this. <laughs> Taylor is always one to hire. I mean, for our Palm Springs house, which, which was nearly a 12 month renovation, we didn't do any of that, but, um, mm-hmm. but uh, tinkering on houses and things like that has always been a hobby of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, with every property I've ever had, I've always had a really big hand in, in renovating them. Um, and so for me, that's, I, that's actually how I unwind is by doing like house projects. Yes. So I would much rather do that than sit and read a book. So for me, it was just kind of, it's fun. It's, it's fun to do it. That's really the only, the well, only luckily, thing. Luckily, Kyle <laughs> no, is no, very yeah. good at it and it, it is a great savings. It does take away from business hours, which is unfortunate, but Oh man, I would probably hire out on a thing or two. <laughs> so would you do it again? I guess that's my question is if you had to go, go back and do it again, I mean, obviously the property is killing it with income, so maybe you would, but uh, I'm curious, would you do it again? I mean, we're looking already at a new place. <laughs> I guess my, my question was, would you, would you renovate uh, yourselves again? I mean, some we do and some we don't. So I guess Taylor left out, like we do, we have six properties now. Okay. And there's one that um, two of them are just pieces of land that we are developing. Um, and one of those pieces, like it's, you know, there's a full builder and they're building a whole house and like, it's completely hands off for us. Like we're obviously working with an architect and Palm Springs, for instance, like I've done little projects here and there, but we had a full team of people do that. So it is not the norm. I would say that we're like personally flipping houses. Um, and that sort of thing. But, but that, it just seemed like fun. Yeah. It would look like fun. I, so that's, I'm the same way as you, Kyle, or it's like, you should see my fireplace right now. I busted all the tile up on my fireplace. <laughs> the mantles off. It's like literally leaning up against the wall. Like I, I love that kind of stuff, man. And that's, so yeah. I, I, uh, I completely understand where you're coming from there. It is. It's for me, it's like, I, I'm not going to sit down and read a book. I love just like breaking pieces of tile so that I can like just zone <laughs> out and just be a vegetable for a little bit. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so, that's, so talk to me about, so you've got six properties and, and some are being developed right now, but uh, talk to me about, about why that was important to you. Well, I think it's something we're passionate about. We love real estate. Um, we also like to jet around kind of between the properties and, you know, more importantly than that, I think we know how to do a good listing for, for rental income. And if you have the right team doing the turnover between stays and like a luxury vacation market, admittedly, we don't do a lot of long-term rentals. We do own a place in Queens and that's a long-term rental, but man, vacation rentals can just be so lucrative. And if you have people caring for it, you can kind of sit back and, and make money without doing much. Yeah. Yeah, you certainly can. So is that, uh, 
I mean, I if you guys aren't comfortable with the numbers, that's fine. But um, is that something that eventually you would like to retire with? It's like having enough uh, rental properties that, that generates enough income for you guys to retire on? Or is that just fun for now? Well, I'll, I'll say this. Um, the, I, the, the, the passive income will be a, a wonderful thing for years to come and just ha- ha- having income. But, you know, if I'm being completely honest and transparent, you know, the sell of, of Elevate would be would be retirement pretty immediately. Yeah. 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 So why haven't you sold Elevate? Because I, I remember when, uh, Taylor, we were doing a film, or what was it, Kyle Dean, when we were doing, I can't remember which film now, but uh, I remember there was a potential buyer and it was, it, to me, it seemed like a pretty done deal. And then last minute, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's always a minute. really done deal until the last minute. Well, I, I will yeah. say this, Laura. So like we have had over 100% growth in our company every year since it's begun. Mm-hmm. So it's 18, 19, 20, 20. So like going on five years, it's, it's, it grows wow. so much. And de- these deals, they take a very long time to close. They're, they're very, um, you know, the so due the diligence period alone. Close, your business is doubled. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so uh, then, and then the deal is a bad deal. And that yeah. is basically what has happened every single time it just doesn't make sense for us to sell right now because it's growing so much and um it, it you know we just i think we need to be a little bit more patient i do think that in this space i do think that there is kind of a ceiling um eventually i don't know that we're quite there as far as like our actual um ebitda goes um mm-hmm. but i do think in like a couple of years like we we will be there and so at that point i think we would consider shopping around ourselves because in the past buyers have come to us saying like we want to buy you and i and, and i think taylor and i are now at the point where we want to just package the company and sell how it we want to eventually how yeah. we want to uh-huh mm-hmm. well this is awesome thank you guys so much for being here i uh is there any other um creative advice you have for anybody kind of starting out in the creative field maybe performers actors that uh oh, if I you do. have yeah please you know, I think there's this idea that you can only be creative working in the arts. And as someone who has had an entire career working as an actor, um, I actually do feel more creative in our business than I ever did as an actor in a lot of ways. Because I do feel like, especially on Broadway, I, many times I felt like an assembly line worker doing the same show over and over and over for years sometimes. Wow. Um, and there, there is so there's something so beautifully creative about our business where we are in control of coming up with new concepts and new ideas. And it's, it's really great exercise for my brain. And it's one of the reasons why I love it so much. And I do think that being artistic and having that artistic background has helped us so much and, and actually made us stand out in the business world much more than I ever thought we would. So it's been really cool. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's incredible. Actually. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Taylor, uh, any thoughts from you? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, follow that up. That was great. I think, uh, I, think he, I think he said it very well. Um, I would just, my only advice for young performers is uh, don't let the jobs define you. Don't let your last job take you too high and your next job take you, not getting the next job take you too low. You know, it's, it's harder, it's easier said mm-hmm. than done, but uh, you keep a level head and not put all your eggs in one basket that you'll have a happier existence as you sort through the jobs. Incredible. Well, thank you both so much, uh, Kyle Dean and, and Taylor. I really can't tell you how much I appreciate your friendships and your time for doing this. Um, where can people find you? 
They can find us at elevatebaby.com um, and or on Instagram at Taylor Fry or at Kyle Dean Massey. Perfect. Thanks so much, you guys. All right. Bye, Lars. Thanks, Lars. Whew, wasn't that fantastic? Man, I appreciate those guys. Uh, anyway, thank you for sticking around. Um, we'll see you next week on Creative Income. We have a, a bunch of really exciting guests coming up. Um, I don't want to announce anything because I haven't recorded the episodes. I've got two in particular that I'm super stoked on, and I think you will be too. All right, stay tuned. We'll see you next week. Bye.